Welcome to Inside the Labyrinth Podcast. This is one of your co-hosts speaking, Frank. I am an active New York City police officer, and I'm part of Reps for Responders. I've had the honor and privilege to journey through the labyrinth with my other host, Jay, the real Jumpman Jay on Instagram. He's a veteran officer and also part of the SWAT team in one of the cities in New York. We would just like to thank you for journeying through the labyrinth with some of the great guests that we have had on the show so far. We will continue to make episodes with all the positive feedback that we have received. If anyone has any idea, topic, or anyone we would like to interview, please email us at repsforresponders at gmail.com. Reps for Responders is a nonprofit out of Rockland County, New York. We provide free open gym for all active, retired, and volunteer first responders, military, and veteran. Reps for Responders also has a weekly Zoom meeting, which is a support group every Sunday at 7 p.m. to let first responders and military let off steam or talk about anything that they want to talk about, positive, negative, or anything they're struggling with. Reps for Responders has five certified recovery coaches through New York State to help battle addiction and alcoholism. If anyone is struggling, please don't be afraid to reach out to Reps for Responders. You can find us on Instagram at reps underscore four underscore responders or visit our website at repsforresponders.org. Again, from myself and Jay, personally, we thank you. As a recovering alcoholic, I would like to personally thank you because you have kept me sober just for today. All in and have a great day. All right, and we're live. No Jay today, so I'll be holding it down. Uh, We are Inside the Labyrinth, Season 3, Episode 6 now. Episode 5 was with uh, Navy SEALs Jay Nichols, so make sure you guys check that out. Have a really, really excited for today's guest episode. um, Actually, next episode is going to be Jalissa. I was going to say Matt Chan, but that's for actually season four. So we've been on a roll here. So I just want to thank for everyone who's been listening and all the great feedback uh, we've been getting. And um, today's guest is all the way out in California and has a great story. Um, and really excited to for you guys to go through his labyrinth with him and journey and, and see how he got to where he is today. So I'll introduce our guest for season three, episode six, uh, Bill Grundler. How you doing, man? Doing great, man. I don't, I don't, I don't know if you want to hang out in my labyrinth. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it could be a little trippy place in there. There's a lot, there's a lot of cobwebs in there. You know, it's been around a long time. <laughs> hey, that, that's what it's all about, man. You, you face a minotaur in your labyrinth, you know, a few times and defeated him. So as long as you're still, <laughs> as long as you're still going around in there, man, and you're not, you know, no, no there might be some corpses, but at least you're not. This <laughs> is old bill corpses. That's all, you know, old <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, in there. <laughs> old versions of bill. That's what, that's what it's all about, man. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited to, to hear it. Um, cool. how's uh, COVID before we start, how's everything going on with you right now and everything and, uh, just life uh, in general, man, you talk about a weird time. Now, have you ever seen that movie fight club? Oh yeah, of course. Okay. So you know that part where Tyler Durden's saying like, you know, we're the, we're the misfit. Uh, era we haven't had any big wars any big any this any that and so you know stuff it all with ikea and everything else i man you couldn't have said you couldn't have pictured that or painted that more perfect because 
we haven't had anything like that at all. I mean, we've had our little recession stuff or whatever, but then, you know, you slap a COVID pandemic, whatever, and wow, did everybody just, like their minds just exploded all over the place. And it was, it's been really, really weird, man. I mean, business-wise, you know, dealing with members one-on-one-wise, uh, you know, trying to deal with my own family and, and their stuff. And I just right. talk about a wrench in the works. Wow. Wow. But you're seeing some real, some true colors of people. Like, can they handle some discomfort? Can they handle some, you don't really, you know, you don't really know exactly what's going to happen or are you just going to lose your shit all over the place? Yeah. And there's like that full spectrum, you know, it's, it's been really interesting to see. It's been interesting. Talk about an instant adaptation or fight or flight, right? Like this oh, is dude. it. This is, yeah. this is the, uh, the structure fire that's, you know, you've, you just hit, you just finished one and then you're driving, you're driving back to the house and all of a sudden you see another one fully engulfed. You're like, let's get, you got to get right into it. It's either, what are we doing? You know? Yeah. And there's, I mean, you know, what's crazy with the whole thing is there, there hasn't been any preparation for people. Right. So they don't, they really don't understand. They don't have anything to, to compare it to, to they, where they can think like, okay, if something bad goes down, I just do this. Um, I mean, at least with me, you know, in, with having my ears in fire and, 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 and that sort of thing, I, I think that I have the ability to roll with it because I don't have any expectation of what it's supposed to be like today versus, um, you know, what it's going to look like tomorrow. You just kind of, you kind of get up and you're like, all right, here we are. This is what it is. And I'll deal with whatever the situation is right here. Not, I wish it was this way. I wish it was that way. I mean, even, you know, even if you're talking on the business side, when they shut down all the gyms and everything, like I, here I am, I'm a business owner that needs people to come in and work out. And if you don't have that, it's like, well, then what are you doing? And so then trying to switch without getting bogged down of, you know, bogged down with the whole like, man, I'm never going to be able to do this. And, you know, the gym's going to close and we're not going to have the money to do X, Y, and Z. And, you know, just that, all that wallowing stuff. You, you, as, a, as a public safety person, like you, you don't really have that option. You know, the, the call of the incident happens and just like this thing, the COVID thing happened. So you, you got to make shit happen somehow. Right. And you just, I, part of me, with as much as everyone is having a hard time with the COVID that's going on and how it's, you know, playing with their psyche and playing with their, 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 their physical and their health and their everything else, part of me actually thrives in this because it makes it very easy for me to see what the priorities are, are supposed to be. Um, if everything's okay, then what makes priority one versus priority three versus priority five that much different? You know what I mean? Like, yep. just don't really know. But that, when, when shit's hitting the fan, it's like, okay, and you got to make things happen. It gets very easy to figure out what the priorities are and then how to make your work, you know, what, how are you going to pick whatever your actions are going to be to get to those things? So it's been interesting. It, you probably, maybe you feel the same way that people are, if you haven't taken care of yourself or a lot of regrets, like I should have done this. I should have went to the gym more. I should have ate healthy. I should have talked to my mother or, you know, someone in my family or my friend that, Oh, I shouldn't have done that. And then the anxiety starts building up and you're kind of just yeah. like, shit, 
you know, like, yeah, I feel like, you know, South Park, like tweak, you know, it's like tweaking <laughs> out. Like, you kind of just don't know what to do, you know? So that's what the picture of like a lot of people were kind of just all over the place. And it made a lot of people realize I saw a lot of people make change their lives and, and do um, a lot better for themselves. And then, you know, the alcohol sales were up over 200%. And some oh people were just, you know, loathe in the effort mode, you know? Well, so, I, I'll say this. Like, I, I, I haven't, I, I've never been like an alcoholic or anything like that. I mean, I, I like to drink socially and blah, blah, blah. I, I will say that I have had more alcohol during this COVID period than I probably have. And I would say easily, man, like the last two years put together, honestly, um, not like it's drinking to excess or anything like that, but it's, it's because you get bored and you're just sitting at home or sitting wherever, or, you know, like at the gym, we would do um, right, right when the shutdown started and we, we pivoted right away to zoom classes. One of the things that we did like the first weekend was we did, we called it the Inferno speakeasy and it was like, Hey, bring your drink and we'll hang out on zoom and we'll get, you know, whatever, 20 people on there and just talk. Uh, whatever talk shit to each other and just have right. some fun you know whatever uh, with the members but it like that kind of became a thing and i don't know i never really was like the guy that you know had to have a beer with, with dinner or had to have a drink of wine and i just that just wasn't really my thing but it it definitely turned into that and it's amazing how fast bad habits can become habits without even really thinking about it consciously where thinking, you yeah. you have to keep yourself in check Otherwise, it's going to get so ingrained that all of a sudden, like now it's now it's like you're trying to, to tear your arm off because it's something that's been you've been doing it for so long. It's part of what you do. And that's that's tough to even recognize. Yeah, I usually ask that question later on the podcast. We're on it now. Um, you know, thanks for admitting that. Sorry. Some people I mean would to, say, I mean to jump no, 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 not at all. That was, this, this is great because I, I always ask this question on um, especially as a retired, uh, you know, captain in California. Yeah. Um, with the fire department and, you know, on being a competitive CrossFit, CrossFit athlete, two questions out of this now, um, you know, alcohol and training before the COVID, I guess, kind of how your mindset was it. And then during the COVID, did you ever just sit back and whatever you were sipping on, if it was Jack or, to, you know, I could see you as a yeah. tequila kind of, a tequila kind of guy. If you were just like, Holy shit, like, uh, I, I am drinking a little more, than than I than I than I am like you just admitted two years ago yeah. or did someone say like a significant other or just someone's like Bill man you're you're drinking a lot or kind of like break me down the the pre-COVID Bill with alcohol and training okay. and kind of how you realize how you just said oh I've just been, I've been I have been drinking a, a little more than yeah I, or a lot more yeah um so on the training side. I, like I, I've been an athlete forever and ever and ever. I mean, I, like I started wrestling and swimming when I was five years old. So like I've been competitive since that time. So when I think of working out, it's always training mode. Like I've never exercised. I don't exercise. <laughs> I don't, I don't like, oh, let's go on a walk. Or I, I like that to me, it just, it just was never in my realm. Like if I was running, I was running to lose weight or I was uh, because I had to make a weight for, you know, a, a wrestling meet or a wrestling tournament, or I was running to get 
to get better endurance or I was lifting to get stronger so that I could beat people. It was never, I mean, yeah, I always want to look good and all that kind of stuff, but it was never for, it was always for what it was, it was for a purpose. Always, always, always. So, you know, even, even getting older, one of the things that would always drive me, even though I, I wouldn't, you know, whether I'm training for game stuff or I'm not training for game stuff, when I'm in it, that's the part that keeps me going is it makes me feel like I did when I was training and pushing in it. Like, I love that. To me, that's like my fountain of youth. I love that feeling. I may be getting my ass kicked and I may be, you know, should be able to do way better than what I'm doing, but the feeling of that workout just on you, I just, I just love that, man. I, I love that feeling. So, you know, going from what it was before to all of a sudden COVID with the COVID thing, what we did at our gym is we checked out a light and a heavy object to everyone. So all of our members, if they were a pain member with us, uh, we gave them those two pieces of equipment. And then the program that we wrote, and we, we had our workouts every single day on Zoom. We did it the exact same way. We trained us sitting there, all right, arms, you know, swing your arms around. It's just like what we would normally do. <laughs> um, and the program had strength piece like we always do. And it had the, the Metcom part, same thing. But everyone was doing the same. Everyone could do the same workout because of the equipment that we gave them. So like that was, it turned into, I'm not, I'm not, still wasn't I'm exercising. I was still training. But it was, it was more like, okay, the, the training now is to make it through this stuff. Like that was kind of the mindset that I, that I tried to do as much as I could. Plus, I felt it was very important for all of our members to see me doing the workouts that they're doing. You know, yeah, I own the gym. I could go there and I could lift and I could row and I can do all, you know, all the stuff. They can't, they're stuck in their house. But it's like, so that to me wasn't fair. So I'll, I did all the workouts they did. Everyone that I wrote, I did what I did with them. Maybe not in the, in, maybe not in the class, but I, they always saw like my videos or whatever, they, they saw me doing it. So it, the mindset was um, just like a big workout okay you're right in the middle of this no big deal don't panic just keep doing what it is that you're doing and just kind of keep on going um, and i think that that's been the most helpful the one the the members that we were able to push through it that way with that sort of a mentality training wise um they're the ones that did they're the ones that had the the e i don't say easy time the the best more comfortable had, time yeah i mean like they they had the best rate of success i guess right. through it they weren't like well i'm bored uh no that that's bullshit you're not bored like that that to me is a cop-out you know if oh i'm burned out oh i'm just gonna go run no okay like when you do that that's because you're just you're stopping to, you you don't want to push anymore and that push is what keeps you going that push is what keeps you driving and the second that goes out it's really hard to get back because then you're like all the way back, not not like post day one of CrossFit, but like where you start looking at thinking like, well, I really need to do something with my life. I need to I need to work out. I need to get fit. I need to do something. And that's that's a big difference. So that's how the, the fitness part has been um, on the, the drinking side. That was all me. Like I it was fun to drink with everyone. Um, I mean, I'm a I'm a pretty busy guy. Um, you know, I'm, I'm doing my business thing. I'm, uh, you know, so I got the gym. I have my legacy programming that I do. It's a, it's a, 
uh, a master's templated program. I do remote program for, for athletes at, of all levels. Um, I do a lot of stuff for firefighters that are trying to either get into fire academy so they have to pass their physical agility test. Um, I'm pushing to do a lot of consulting stuff for fire departments as far as like, you know, uh, setting up their testing standards uh, so that they can get the culture of fitness that they want that's one good for their people two follows all the OSHA guidelines and all that kind of stuff and all the NFPA um, but then be able to get them to where they can get to it because a lot of the unions aren't real fired up on that kind of stuff so it's like you know trying to work all that so I'm, I'm busy doing a lot of things but it was super fun to hang out with everyone and just have a beer and then that turned into every single night and then the where i realized it was here i am going to the store and it's like oh i'm buying a 12 pack again oh i'm buying a 12 pack again i mean and i wasn't going crazy on the stuff but it's like i it's summertime out here and i like mexican beer Me that reminds me of like surf trips so it's like you know modelo or you know whatever and i was like holy shit i'm buying another one whoa i need to take a look at this just to let me check myself real fast here you know um, so that's what it was. It was, like I said, it wasn't to excess, but it was way more in excess of what it was before. And, you know, like, I, I think it was prior to that, it was more like, oh yeah, if, if I'm, if I'm with my friends, if I'm out, if I'm, you know, commentating at a gig with, with my buddies and whatever, and, and it's, you know, we're, or sitting down at dinner afterwards, then it's like, that's the, that's the, that's the social beer. And all of a sudden here I am, I'm, I'm at my place by myself watching TV and eating, eating dinner and I'm still having a beer and it's like, whoa, okay. I need to watch that because it's very easy that that could turn into a habit and I don't want that habit. So I have to purposely, all right, well, we're not having a beer tonight. All right. We're not having a beer tonight. Just, I mean, just to keep it in check, you know, and I've never even had, and I've never even had an issue with it and I'm having to do that. So that, you know, there, there are people that have addictive personalities and addictive traits. That's something that if they don't keep an eye on that, oh man, that's an easy one to get away from you. Easy one to get away. So you start drinking phase one, <clears throat> you wake up phase four is over. You're like, holy shit, what happened to the whole COVID? <laughs> yeah. and you drank, you drank through the whole thing and you, and Thank God you weren't waking up and doing loaded loaded uh, Coronas, which is you oh take a, my god, a sip of Corona and then a shot of tequila in the Corona and shake it up and drink that. Like you know, that that would have been. Uh, uh, I mean, I mean, I will say this. So when when I was still working fire and we you know we'd all go out, my my round if it was my turn to buy the round, tequila it was a, a Corona and a shot of tequila. That was yeah. my round. See, I, do. I so, got that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do like whiskey. I mean, whiskey is cool too. And just, you know, a nice little, you know, sip on a whiskey is cool. But that was my round. So everyone would have their, their round that they would do and that would be mine. So yeah, you, you go out with like, whatever, six or seven people. That's six or seven kind of heavy rounds that kind of get going. It's like, oh. right. and I don't, man, I don't have the time. This is one of the things about getting older is, I definitely enjoy the fun. I do not like the aftermath. Oh my God. I, I can't handle that. I got too much shit to do the next day and I got to get up. My, my dog is all pissed off. Cause it's like, Hey man, I got to go out. You can't hang out in bed until like 10 o'clock in the morning. I got to pee. <laughs> so yeah, that's, I can't do that stuff anymore. And I'm happy you brought that up because you know, alcohol really is very powerful and it. And it's a habit that, 
if you don't catch it like you did. And a lot of people don't have that willpower to catch it or they might catch it, but they might not even want to stop. And to really sit back and and look at it and say, whoa, this is becoming an issue um, is, you know, it takes, it takes a lot. And I commend, I really commend you for that. Yeah. That's an age thing. Uh, I I think that I've found, you know, here I'm a 51 now. And if I try to compare, how would I have been, you know, bill at 30 and bill at 30 and bill at 50 are two totally different people. Totally back, different people. Going back in the labyrinth, like we said, the bill corpse oh, at 30, man. right? And that's like, the hero journey. That's you uh, dying figuratively, not really dying. Oh, and yeah. A different bill, you know? That's what yeah. this is all about. And, you know, I'm I'm a passionate Italian guy. And you, you, you get a how passionate... How you doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so like, you know, when I, when I was younger, every everything was at a 10. Everything was turned up to 11. It didn't matter if it was like, a really important issue or just someone decided to, you know, accidentally bump into me as I'm walking to the grocery store. It's like, what What are you doing? Hey, you know, everything, everything is elevated like that. So whether it was that or it was competing or it was training or it was incidents or it was, you know, arguments at home or it was whatever it, the volume was cranked. And, uh, what I found was, I, I rode that and that, that did damage to me. I mean, that, that it honestly put me in the hospital. Um, I, I had all these kind of weird, like stomach cramps. And I mean, the doctors thought I had like colitis and diverticulitis and all this other kind of stuff. And here I am, you know, in my, in my thirties getting colonoscopies and stuff. Cause we're all trying to figure out what the heck is going on. You know, agita, the Italian word agita. That's what the anxiety was. Building oh, was that what dude. it was? Right. No, that's exactly what it is. And I didn't, yeah. I, mean, I didn't, I didn't know that because I, right, I mean, right, right. Yeah, yeah. you know, I'm this very macho kind of Italian dude. I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a fire captain. I'm, I'm fit. I work out all the time. I, you know, you just walk around kind of with that douchebag chest up in the air, all that <laughs> kind of stuff. And that's like, that's your, that's how you roll. So the idea of, you know, oh, too strong to be like, have that be an issue. It's, it sounds so cheesy, but it's so true. You don't think that you have an issue until you're deep in the issue. And, and, and that was mine. Like I just, man, I took on all kinds of stress and I was a busy dude. I mean, I took on a lot at the department. Um, I was, uh, you know, getting a divorce at the same time. Um, I had, uh, a young daughter at the time that, you know, that was really hard. I, I didn't come from a divorced family. So I thought I was breaking up my family and ruining her childhood, all this, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, you, you package all that together. And the weird thing is for me, like you don't, that all that stress, anxiety buildup. Like you don't get to determine how it comes out, how it shows itself. Some people it shows up in, um, you know, heart issues. Some people shows up like with me and ended up with like stomach issues. No idea. Um, But you don't get to choose how it happens. It just, it chooses to manifest how it's going to manifest. So I'm doing all this stuff with the doctor and they admit me to the hospital twice. Once they thought my appendix burst the second time. Uh, they had no idea. So they admitted me for a week and they just said, we're going to, we're going to, I mean, all the, all the tests 
came out negative. Like you don't have anything. You don't have no itis, anything going on in your colitis and your, you know, your intestinal tract. I mean, your stomach is fine. Like everything's fine. We don't know what's up. So we're going to have to, we're going to keep you in here so we can, we can figure it out. And I was in the hospital for a week, strung up to like, you know, an IV, just getting, uh, uh, antibiotics and that was that week that was the check that i needed because it actually came down to a conversation i was having with my dad and you know we were talking about work stuff and whatever and and he could tell that i was all stressed out and he's like hey you know what if they can't find anything maybe it's all you maybe this is you stressing yourself out and I'm like, ah, what are you talking about? You know, and my, my dad was a badass. I mean, he was, you know, 6'2", 215 pounds. I mean, he was a, a high school teacher and a coach and all that kind of stuff. But the dude was a damn juggernaut. And he was my superhero as a kid. So, like, when he's telling me, like, he's like, hey, it's okay. Like, it's okay to know that this stuff can bother you so that you can deal with it, you know? And so we started looking at that and looking at was, you know, some going on with some work stuff. And I had some work issues that was going on. I, uh, again, the passionate Italian. Um, I, I realized that your chiefs don't like it when you call them on their bullshit in front of everybody else. And uh, they, they have a tendency to want to remove you from situations where you can call them on their shit. <laughs> so um, uh, I had some situations. I mean, nothing bad. I didn't lose my job or anything like that. But it was... Um, I'm not a good politician. And when you're a captain, you're kind of like mid-management. So there's a little bit of politics that are involved in that. And, and right. I, uh, again, passionate Italian bill. I kind of learned that at, a, at a, that particular time in my life. And so got moved to another station and was pissed that I wasn't at my busy house and I wasn't you know, involved in all my stuff. And, and all that stuff just took a toll on me. It was crazy. And what, what I found was like those voices if you don't get a chance to exercise that stuff out somehow, those voices get really, really loud. So jumping from that to like the COVID stuff, what I'm seeing now is people that have issues with alcohol, people that have issues with whatever, everyone's stuck in their house. And a lot of those people are stuck in their house by themselves. And when you're stuck in your house by yourself, the only voice you hear is the one between your ears. And that one gets really, really loud. And it gets very easy to justify all kinds of shit that you want to do. Um, I mean, I talk about the even just on, on a coaching level, when I'm talking to athletes, it's very easy for an athlete to justify themselves not to pick up that bar anymore, even though they still can pick up the bar. They just, they're going to justify it with, well, you know, if I don't do it right now, I'll be rested later for the next round and I'll be able to do better. And it's like, bullshit, dude, you're not going to do better because you're fucking tired. So you're not going to do better. You're just trying to make it. You're trying to give yourself an out to not pick up the bar. And that comment, that conversation happens all the time. It is so easy to justify, you know, and, 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 and think about that. So if you aren't able, this is the 50-year-old Bill is now able to stand back and look at his world and be like, okay, that person just cut you off on the road, didn't hit your car. It's really not a big deal, Bill. Like I know me, if I'm starting to get stressed in just my world, I'll know that if I fire off at that person, 
I, that's how I know ch to check myself. Generally speaking on my, that's kind of like my little litmus test. If I'm firing off on people on the street, then I know that that little minor thing that's affecting me. And I, that means I got a lot of the big things that are affecting me. Um, and that, but that's taken a long, long time to get to that point where I can recognize that stuff. And I think that's why I was able to recognize, okay, man, I'm drinking more than I, than I normally do, or wow, I really, I'm really seeing that I'm doing this kind of stuff. And I wasn't doing that before. Um, that's a very, what much wiser bill, a much wiser, older, you know, uh, Bill Jedi Brunlin bill. is able to look at that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Je Jedi bill. I, uh, Je <laughs> Jedi bill. Maybe, maybe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I, that's what I want to say before too, the excuses and that, you know, well, I could, I could do, if I do a, but then I can also do a later, I'll just do B now. And that might also translate not just the barbell, but then you just see yourself getting complacent in other choices in your life. And that was Everything. the same thing I was going to say with alcohol, like, yeah, you know, going to the store, 12 pack. All right. Well, I'm drinking a lot, but I'm working from home the next three days. So I got nothing to worry about. And then Monday through Friday, you drank every night and then it's the weekend. You're like, oh, well, it's the weekend. So I'm going to go meet Bill out at the bar or whatever. And then it's just yeah. uh, really bad. You're starting to go down a bad, um, a bad part of the labyrinth. You know, you're going down the, the, the wrong, a long hallway, man, that you don't know when it's going to freaking turn left or right or if it's even going to turn, you know? Well, and then, you know, I, I don't know about you, like the, the weeks for me. I mean, and it feels like it's been a long time through the COVID thing already, which is right. crazy. But if you think about it, like the weeks, the days pass so fast oh, I was that all of a sudden that, you're like, holy shit, it's I'm been halfway a week. through my work week already. I thought it was. Yeah, crazy. exactly. So, I mean, the fact that you lose track of that and then, you know, so you, you throw some drinks in there, throw some drinks in there. It's like you're not even able to kind of keep track of them because it's just it all just blends. Also, like is it still 2020? Like what's going on? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I mean, that the, the, the thing that caught my eye was as I'm in the store and I'm getting on my food and I went and I'm going by the beer and I'm like, oh, shit, I need to grab some beer. Whoa, whoa. That's when it that's when it clicked. Not when I was in the house drinking. Not when I had my alcohol, you know, my, my beers and stuff in, in the fridge. It was as I'm walking by thinking, oh, yeah, I think I'm out. I need to pick up another. Oh, wow. That was that was the instinct. And I don't know if I would have thought that before. I mean, I like I'm here and um, I really wish I would have taken or bought stock in like White Claw or something like that. Because those <laughs> things, holy shit. I mean, other than maybe how old are you? 28. Oh my God. You probably don't even remember this. There was a, there was a drink like back in like the, like the early nineties called Zima. And it was like a, kind of no, like a wine I was born in, I was born in 92. So maybe that's oh, what shit. came that's out. This was right around that time. Yeah. So, but it was the same kind of thing, man. Every party, every bar, every like Zima was just like flying off the shelves and like these white claws are like the same thing. I and mean, it's like, Oh, they're so light. They're so light. They're, it's just like, it's like a bubbly water. That's all. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I wish I would have got some stock and I'd be, you know, a much richer retired firefighter. <laughs> that was the case. But it's, I just think that people fall into that routine. Um, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty old TikToker. So uh, you watch any of those TikTok videos and stuff. And it's like, I mean, some people, the only thing they show is them drinking. I mean, I, I've never seen so many wino ladies in my lifetime 
everybody's just like, oh, here's this wine and here's this drink and here's this thing. And oh, we're just doing this. And it's like, holy shit, you guys aren't in college anymore, man. Like what, right. what is happening? And I, it's just too easy to get lost in there. And it's, I wouldn't even say it's a labyrinth, man. It's like a whirlpool. Like once you're in, it's really fucking hard to get out of that. Like you have to, it has to be a very constant, a, a very concerted effort to realize what the hell is happening and, and get out of there. And I, like I said, I, I, I don't know if the 30 year old bill, I don't know if he could have done that as well. Like it had, he had to be put in the hospital for that, that week to that be able cool. to hit that reset and be able to go, okay, how am I going to adjust all this stuff? Like it, to be able to even recognize it. 50 year old bill. I see a lot more things that I never saw before. Um, and then there's a gradient in things, you know, be, and being able to, ha being able to say like, okay, this is a, this is a level one and this is a level 10. And you know, the, let's, let's tend to actually, those big things, you know, actually you're actually able to now sit back and, and, and give it time to give it that yes. grade instead of going straight to 10 or 11. Like you dude, said, being like, that old dude in the parking lot. Like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, you know, I'm probably, you know, approaching the, you know, the, the grumpy old man on the on the deck it's like you damn kids you damn kids and rock and roll music you know and you're shaking your cane but i mean for the most part it's it's uh, i i that's one of i will say this there's a lot of bad things that come with age but that's one of the best things that come with age is you're now able to see um a much clearer view of the things that that are happening around you even even with yourself at least with me um, and that's taken a whole lot of bumps and bruises to get there, you know, understanding, you know, did what, like, what's, it's good to be able to go to 10, but what's the point of going to 10 if you don't need to go to 10? Like, right. why get that fired up about the dude that came into my lane? How dare he, you know, like who gives a shit, man? Like, really? That's a lot. You have a lot of other things to, to concern yourself with than that. So right. That's a, that, that's a good thing. And that also, when you're not at 10 like that, you don't feel like you have to numb so much stuff. You handle the, you handle the things that you have to handle. You don't feel like you're unable to carry this big load to where you're like, dude, I'm exhausted. I need to, I need to go melt my mind for whatever it is. If, I mean, here you can smoke pot now because it's legal. It's, you know, that's so cool. So you have that. You can, you can drink and you're like, oh, I'm going to quote unquote, just have a couple drinks. You can have a shot. You can bury yourself into alcohol if you want. Or even the people, I mean, in reality, addiction is addiction, period. I, I see all kinds of and women do this a lot where, they're going to lose their shit if they don't work out that day, if they don't go run, if they don't do whatever. And it's the same thing. Like you're not doing it for the benefits of what it was supposed to be originally, even, even having a drink where you're just trying to relax. That now is becoming the cover for everything that, that I have to go run is the cover for, I'm just trying to bury my head in the sand and not feel Right. What do you matter? X, Y, and Z, you know, addiction is addiction. It doesn't matter what it is. And you, you have to, you got to be aware of that. It's, and it's really hard. It's really hard to do that, especially when you're younger, especially when you're younger. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up too, Bill, because it's not just booze or drugs. Like, you know, people could be addicted to working out, gaming, anything, totally. eating, shopping, TikToking, right? But it's like, what are, you, what are you masking for your psyche? Like there's something going on bigger than the picture, you know, bigger than that. And, when you said like you brought up a great point about the guy going into your lane, like a lot of the times this shit happens to us. It's not really Bill or Frank. It's that person. That's it's really 
what's going on in their issue? What's going on with them? Like, you know, are you getting an argument or something? But then you're able to sit back and be like, wait, this argument's not even a 10. This is a two. And right. if I, but if I make it a 10, then it bills like bills able to go look in the mirror and be like, why did I make that a 10? What's wrong? What, what why does that bother me? You know, more, right. a lot of people need to realize that it's just so like, it's back like elementary school talk, like, you know, religion class, like you, a lot of the times people say stuff to you is because they are, they have a problem with themselves and they're trying to deflect oh, that, totally. you know? So a lot 100%. of people need to, re to, to realize that and it's the same thing with lifting, right? We can get into that. Like, so many people and especially like being powerlifting and strongman and CrossFit, they're worrying about other people's numbers and other people's times and other people's weights. But it's like, if you just worry about slowly shedding your time on whatever watt it is, or if you're worried about just getting a 10 pound PR, that stuff is slowly going to just increase, not just in the weight room over life, like all that energy and all that negative crap that you're building on someone else. Well, why is their friend time better than mine? Or, how are they able to? What's the one where you do all the power, like the power cleans in, in a minute? Is that Aunt, um, Annie? Or? Oh, the, uh, uh, like Grace. Grace, Penny Grace, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, well, my, my one rep max is bigger than theirs. How can they do more reps than me? Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. then it's just, then that, that's going to take you into the labyrinth that could, you go down the hallway in the labyrinth and there's the, the whirlpool. Then you're really screwed. Then oh, you can't man. get out, man, right? It, <laughs> that's totally, that's totally true. And I, and I, you know, I think that, um, Again, this is, I don't, hey, so you can get very stoic about the whole thing about the, you know, you can only control what you can control. And there's a lot of, you know, factors out there that have zero, like you have zero control of all the things that they're doing. So why even worry about it? One, uh, one, uh, and I'm, I'm by no means a reader. So the fact that I say that like, Hey, you know, this book you should check out. You're not Aristotle um, or Socrates, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I save those ones for like the Instagram so I can get the quick, the quick notes on those. I get the, the main, You're gist, more but, the Frank Sinatra of, uh, of CrossFit. <laughs> maybe, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit, a little uh, but there's a book called uh, the four agreements and what I like about oh, it. I, I read it. Yep. Oh dude. Huge. Amazing book. Now, again, I think I could only, I think it was able to resonate with me being older because I've been able to, to have a better control of all of these, you know, my, my feelings, my emotions about, about different things. Um, but understanding that like, uh, you know, not taking things personal when someone does something. So if someone cuts into, cuts into my lane, whatever, man, like that's not on me. They're, they're a shitty driver, whatever. It's not for me to worry about that. I can't change how they're going to drive. I'm not going to go, okay, so tomorrow we're going to go ahead and meet on how to drive and we're going to, I mean, that's, let it go. Um, you know, understanding the power of your words, understanding what you're saying and why you're saying what you're saying when you're going to, when you're going to be making those, those, uh, those comments. Um, always to do your best. So it's not like, I really wish I would have, I really wish I would have been able to understand that one when I was younger, when I was younger and I was competing, it was about winning. I don't train so that I can lose. I train so that I can win. I, I don't practice hard and hours and hours and hours to be able to lose. Um, and if I don't win, then obviously I did something wrong. Well, there's a lot of factors that go into that, that I can't even control. So all I can do is control the, the single pieces that I'm able to control, which is Bill going out and doing his best version. And, you know, hopefully the, the results happen the way that they're supposed to happen. Um, again, I don't think that like a, a young kid trying to wrestle and trying to beat people's faces in is 
can think that way. Like I want to win period. And there's a, you know, the picture, like a little 12 year old kid stomping his feet. I want to win. I want to play the game, you know? And, but the fact of the matter is you're not going to win all the time. The fact of the matter is that maybe you get pulled over by the cops before you even get to your, to your match or whatever. And so it sets your brain. And I mean, there are things that you can't control and, you know, going back to like where everything's at 10, um, when you're in that mode, it's now not a, I need to deal with this. You are in that fight or flight response. So now there's a physiological uh, connection that's going on to everything that you're reacting to. And it's not just, I'm angry about the situation or angry about this particular topic or whatever. Your, your, in, your entire physiology is changing I mean, that's the way you're built to do is to get out of situations that you don't want to get into. So if you are now fight or flight mode, pissed off, feeling like you're going to get into a fight, whatever, on everything, man, that's going to crush you. And you, you aren't able to really see and then respond correctly to that because it's, it's, phys- it's a physiological driven response rather than a logical response of let me determine what I can do. So being able to, you know, getting older and being able to go, okay, I can't, I can't do a damn thing to that. Like this COVID thing. I can't do a damn thing about the COVID thing. So when it comes to my job, to the business, it's not, oh shit, we're screwed. We're never going to be able to do it. It's like, no, that's not my job. My job is to figure out how we're going to make that work for all my members. And I'm going to do everything that I can to do that uh, for myself. How am I going to, how am I going to keep myself healthy? through this. I, I, here I am, I'm a health and fitness facility. I'm teaching people and preaching to people. You need to be eating right. You need to be working out. You need to be keeping your head straight. If I'm not doing those things, how can I say that to people? So all of a sudden it get, it, it pulls you out of the realm of 10 and get you into the more around a realm of like five where it's like, okay, now I can be logical in my actions and think about what I'm doing. And I can actually have a good perspective of what's happening around me and what it is that I'm doing. And again, I think that, you know, talking about the beer thing, I think that's why I was able to see that because I was pulled back enough and, and, you know, only putting the energies to the, to the things that like I need to be able to put it to, um, that are really, you know, demanding a little bit more high energy, um, and that then being able to recognize those things. And I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to help my own people do that. I mean, I got, I got a lot of, a lot of young kids, you know, college kids, whatever, um, that are really struggling with all the stuff that's happening. Right. And, and I mean, dude, not even the COVID thing. I mean, all the, all the social injustice stuff and, you know, every, like everyone is jumping into every mob they could possibly jump into right. because they so just want, right? it's, they all want, they, they have, they want, they want to feel like they have a direction and feel part of something. Right. Yeah. And they, it's the easiest to jump in whatever stream and let the stream just carry you down the river and you're bouncing off of whatever rocks are down just like everybody else. And I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm all for everyone having an opinion and that's cool, but have an opinion. You don't just follow what everyone else is doing. Like, you know, be able to be calm enough, sit down and be like, okay, here's, here's what I'm going to do and why. And know that you're doing it for you, you know, and not, 
you know, that's, I don't know. There, I mean, that, that could be a whole other podcast. I'll watch myself on this one, but yeah, man, we'll be um, here till, we'll be here till, uh, <laughs> till midnight, man. I could take a plane to California and back by the time we do all that talking. <laughs> you know, totally. But I really think that like, you know, that, that's what it comes down to is like, that's been being able for me to be able to do that has been a long journey to get to that point. You know, my, you know, again, like mine, I wouldn't say that mine was an alcohol thing. Mine was, mine was a stress thing. I was a stress case. I didn't realize it. I didn't know it. Um, I personally didn't feel it, but my insides felt it and they let me know right away. And so I had to make a quick adjustment on how to fix that. Otherwise it would have crushed me. And that's, Plus, it's just way more enjoyable to not be spastic all the time. Jeez. Yeah, yeah and, and how many relationships you've probably with friends and family that you've you've saved or that you've kept or met new people. Like, imagine being like that 10 all the time with everyone you meet. It's like, who's going to want to do that, right? Like, who's going to want to be around that person? Well, I mean, you know, when you're 10 and you're partying, it's kind of fun. When you're, when you're 10 and you're training, it's kind of fun. But when you're 10 because someone said the wrong thing to you and you're firing off on them, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it it makes it tough. It makes it, it tough for everyone to realize that. It takes, you know? it takes a long time that you said, and I'm happy you said that, Bill, is that it takes a long time to able to realize when it's time to turn the 10 on, when it's time to turn it off. When it able, yeah. that, just that, that conscious power is like, that's a superhero power in itself, man. Oh, you know? That's a lot of bumps and bruises to get there, like I yeah, said. Yeah, and it takes a long time. And, I'm, and people need to realize, like, it takes a long time. And I'm still learning everything new. You know, it's my first year of sobriety. And it's just so much that I've learned within, in it about life. Yeah. It's just I never want to go back to that old way of, you know, I want to keep learning and having these great interviews with people that yeah. are – you know, been there in life smarter. And that's why I'm, I, you, you got to be drawn to these type of people and great mentors, you know, that I can tell that you are Bill. And I'm, I, it's about the young, the, you know, I mean, no, I'm 28, I'm young, but like when I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But I see a lot of change. Like I graduated college in 2014, but from 2014 to 2020, like how big the social media got uh, uh, impacts right, people's yeah. mental health and young yeah. kids that they have to post this. They need to do this. You know, it's, I call it egogram. No one really ever posts anything bad about their life. And nah. there was more suicides and drug overdoses during COVID than there was um, young adults dying from COVID yeah. because of getting stuck in their thoughts, like getting, and like, like just letting that outside world really get to them. And I guess I'm, what I'm trying to say is it's all right to, it's all right to feel that way, but, and it's also all right to ask for help to be like, you're not fucked up if you feel like that. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, this is what, you know, maybe I made some choices or I'm thinking this way. And a lot of everyone, I would say everyone goes through it unless you're just like that 1% that just doesn't really feel or you're a psychopath I, or you just don't have emotions. You know what I mean? I think every, if someone was to say that they didn't have, that they weren't having to deal with all this COVID stuff, they're lying. Every single person has had to deal with it. And it doesn't matter Rich, poor, uh, uh, fit, not fit, whatever. Everyone has had to deal with it at some point. And that's what I think has been the weirdest thing and with all the suicides and with all the, uh, you know, the issues that way. It's because everyone had to, everyone was forced to go inside their head. And
you know, I think one of the toughest things that anyone could do is is stand in front of the mirror and take well, the the figurative mirror, and take a a, a true honest look at themselves, where they are, what they're doing, how they're respond, how they're responding, how they're reacting, all the things. Like no one 100%. likes to do that, you know. So the scariest place to go is right between your ears and because you have you have no got no one to blame you you can't put it on anyone else you you are you are staring face to face with the real you and for a lot of people that is you know they aren't real happy about that um but that is the first that is the most important thing someone can do it doesn't matter if it's a fitness thing. It doesn't matter if it's a, a, a drug or alcohol addiction thing. It doesn't matter if it's a mental health thing. It doesn't matter if it's a uh, a nutritional thing. I mean, you pick it. You have to be able to take a true look at what it is that you're doing and, and own up to everything that you've done, honestly, and then be able to say, okay, from this point now, how do I make this better? How do I improve this? Am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? What, you know, if I'm doing it right, cool. Can I make it better or do I need to stay on this track? If I'm doing it wrong, what do I need to fix? Um, and to be able to say, hey, I, you know what? Bill, you are fucking up on this. That's all right. But you're not going to be able to fix it until you say, yes, I'm fucking up on it. Now I can adjust and go to there. I, I mean, I see, I see that in everything. Um, everything. I mean, it, it doesn't matter whether it's, you know, drugs and alcohol, whether it's um, a relationship with exes. Like I, 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 I uh, unfortunate, I guess, I, who really knows? I mean, my oldest daughter uh, is with my, uh, my, me and my ex-wife. My youngest daughter is with uh, a girlfriend that I had a long, a long relationship with uh, that didn't work out neither of those relationships are very copacetic right now. And that with, with the moms with the kids, I mean, they're fine, but with the moms, it's, it's not good. And that's, I have to, a lot of times, and it's real easy when you're going toe to toe with someone to be like, they're obviously, they don't know what they're talking about. You know, I have to check myself and be like, all right, what am I doing? Am I really trying to do what's best you know, for my daughters, you know, whichever one I'm talking about, um, or is it me just trying to be like, eh, I want to be the one that wins this argument. I'm going to, I'm just going to do this to you because you don't want it to be this way. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick you. You know, what do you get out of that? What, who, what am I trying to do? So where are you going to get? Yeah. It's a tough thing to do, but I mean, I, I would say, honestly, it has probably taken me about a good, oh man. 10 years to even start to grasp this stuff. Uh, but that's a lot, but a lot of work in that. I mean, I, I tried like meditation and I tried all that kind of stuff to ways to ways to control where my head's going to go. And I, I think reality, I don't think there's one special thing out of, out of whatever. I think it's owning up, being able to own up to what it is that you do and be able to look at it honestly and realistically um, and then make the adjustments from there. So it's kind of like if you're getting a, uh, like an evaluation from your supervisor, like I'm my supervisor. So I need to be able to give a non-biased opinion on what it is that I'm doing so that I can 
okay, you did great here on these things. You did really good on these and you really fucked up on these things, you know, and that's what we need to fix. Like, so your remediation is going to be on these things right here. So if it's, I mean, whatever, pick, pick a thing. Like those, those are what you're going to be able to fix. Those are what you have to fix, but you're not going to know that unless you can take an honest look, but man, that's, who who the hell likes to do that and like i said those voices those justification voices get super loud um and the reason that everyone is having issues because yeah they're all stuck at home the voices are loud automatically then they look on the like you said the egogram which is hysterical that's a good one um of everybody putting all their stuff up there and and yeah so all you get to see is man everyone's having such a great time and i'm just sitting here in my house all by myself and fuck it, I'm just going to drink this and I'm not working out anymore. And I used to be able to compete, and, but now I can't. And I used to have this boyfriend or this girlfriend. Now I don't have that. And I don't have this. And I mean, that dark path. Yeah. Oh man. It's and tough. if you had, if you don't have anyone to check, like check if you have someone that. to check you, cool. If you don't, then you're the one that has to do that. And that's why that being able to take responsibility and look at yourself honestly that's why that's so important i just that's a tough thing to do when you're young man ego is a big deal and it, it takes it, so long it, to break it that clouds a lot it really does it. yeah and this brought me right back to when you were talking about uh, fight club the movie you know look, yeah look, look at that man you have to look at himself in the mirror and i mean he had some psych issues going on but seeing someone else and and, and trying to be somebody else and that's what this podcast is about and i believe about you know you have to defeat yourself, man, at one point in life to grow and, and to get rid of the old Bill or the old Frank, because if you don't, then you're not, you're not growing. You're wasting time. I mean, look at, we were talking about Star Wars. It's the Jedi Bill. I mean, look at. Yeah. I'm so uh, glad Luke you brought Skywalker. that up because I'm a Star Wars freak. So I love that. That's oh, there awesome. you go. Good, good choice I'm, on that, by I'm, the way. <laughs> uh, me too, man. Um, you can see the Deadpool back there. I got some yeah. Star Wars up there. Um, you know, Luke's, you know, and this is what I, the hero journey on big on Jason, um, Joseph Campbell, which wrote, uh, hero 2000, uh, thousand faces, the book and, um, the hero of a thousand faces. And it's all about myth and George Lucas got a lot of Star Wars. Yeah. Um, that book. And from Joseph Campbell, but when you leave is what you know the things that this is who I could become, or this is not who I want to become, and change it from there. So it's really about going into the, the deepest, darkest part of the cave and coming out a completely different person. And a lot of people get there and they get defeated, or some people don't ever get there. And that's what we're trying to say that. It takes you time have to go it there, takes, man. And it, you have to go there, man. See, you have then you'll to. never, you're never going to life is full of when you're like at that age at, at 50, 51. Yeah. Let's just say 672 at, years old. Yeah. <laughs> when you're at that age and you're, and you're at that, like that, that peaceful, that, that I, I've, I've grown and, and learn. It's like, it's like a feeling of tranquility of like, kind of like a piece with yourself um that you know that you're always growing but also that you've you've looked back and able like i'm great i'm really happy you're like you said right away third compared 30 year old bill to now yeah and that's a that's a huge step and talking about 30 year old bill take me to like a young firefighter stage of 
how was it being a young firefighter and train and like training then? Um, okay. What, how, what year were, did you become a firefighter? Uh, so I got on with the fire department. It was 96, I think. 90, oh, wow. Somewhere around there. And you retired at what year? Um, what was that? 20, 2013? 20, what is it now? Yeah, I think like 2013, somewhere around there. Yeah, you said 17, yeah. that would have been 17 years, I think, 96 yeah. to 2013. Something close yeah. to that. Uh, take me through, I guess, more of like your your... I would say your coping skills now are probably different than they were when you were a young firefighter. I mean, you kind of just admitted that. I guess take me kind of to the, to the mind of Bill then and really training then because CrossFit wasn't really, wasn't around in 96. Yeah. Well, at least not, not openly. Not like big. um, Yeah. Not as big um, as it is. Yeah. So, I mean, working out was always a big thing for me. I mean, I was a, a competitive wrestler, um, state champ in high school, wrestled at Cal Poly, uh, in, in college and you know was ranked nationally and stuff like that so I mean that was lifting weights was always my thing and it was you know back in those days when we lifted even for wrestling it was like oh I'm gonna we're doing you know bench on Mondays and bench and back and back and or back and tries and bench and buys and blah 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 you know your normal your normal setup routine for the the old school way of lifting um I like to, I didn't, I was never really into like running long distances or anything like that. I mean, I, if I was going to do something, I'd want to do like stair runs or hill sprints or something more, you know, like that. So I can get the shit done, make it hurt for like 30 minutes and then be done. Um, and when I was doing fire stuff, I didn't, I, so I started as a lifeguard. There was a beach guard in the, the beach, um, the Pismo Beach Life guard department was run under the fire department and so that's kind of where i got the idea with the whole fire thing and what i liked about the 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 lifeguarding was we trained run on the beach we do these swims we do these paddles you'd make all these rescues and you know it was that that was kind of the setup uh realized that firefighting was kind of the same thing um just on an engine you're not you're you're wearing long pants and a shirt rather than just you know board shorts and that's it so i really liked what that was um and at that time i wanted the challenge so it was everything that came to me was fucking bring it let's go we gotta do this oh i'm gonna crush this i'm gonna crush like everything was like it was at that level and again like that was 10 that was putting me to that 10 i saw everything as a challenge i saw everything as a as a competition i saw everything as a me versus you i mean and not not to say that i was going to be a dick to you or anything like that but i want to win if it's a race i'm going to win if we're pulling hose i'm going to win if we're going up the ladder i'm going to win if we're doing this i'm going to win if we have to pick up this person i'm going to win like that was the mentality and i don't think that that's a bad mentality i mean that's a that's a competitive athlete mentality you know i mean it's it, it is what it is uh but again like the the hard parts about that is that when you don't win there's a big drop and you know trying to understand trying to understand the ability of excelling but not winning what like it just wasn't in my vocabulary 
it, there was either first place or no place. And that was, I mean, that, that's a classic athlete deal. I'm not, I'm not there to get second. I'm there to get first. So, you know, you put that over everything and that's kind of who, that's who I was. I mean, in, in everything, it didn't matter if, if it was grades or an interview or, a, uh, you know, trying to ask someone out on a date or, I mean, whatever the situation is like, I'm going to win, I'm going to win. And, you know, you take years and years and years of building that up and all the stuff that goes along with that, all the stress and all the anxiety and, and everything like that, like that, um, I think that's what, you know, ended, ended me up in the hospital. Um, all stressed out. So the training and all that was like, I, I was always going big, always going big, crank it to 10 on everything, you know? Would, is there anything you can go, like, I always say, I don't believe in regrets in life, but learning, you know, it's all learning experience. But if anyone's who's a young, a young, you know, first responder or a young lifter, is there, I mean, is there a best advice to try to be aware, I guess you would say, of when to put it on 10 and when not to? So they don't maybe, you know, have to go through that or anything. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. To um, I, I think the more, just like when I tell people when they come to a CrossFit, our CrossFit gym for the first time, I, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll have a little talk with them and find out where they are in their world and what did they, what they used to do. Did they do sports before, you know, were they a, a good athlete at whatever level? And the first thing I'll say is to them is, all right, all that stuff is awesome. When you come here, I want you to leave that old you and the ego outside because I need you to be able to learn the movements, hear the things that I'm telling you, and allow you to improve. And if you listen to that old person that's outside, they're gonna be blocking every single thing that I tell you to do because you're just gonna to wanna to bang your fist down and wanna do it right now. That's the exact same thing that happens with first responding. You, even, even myself, like I, I came in wanting to win everything. I wanna tie knots better than you, whatever, pick it. Um, that's not the way to improve the quickest. The way I'm going to improve the quickest is I'm going to come in. I'm going to do my best, do everything that I have, do everything I have to do the best job that I can do. And when I fuck up on something or when I mess up on something that the person that's trying to help me out, whether it's a, you know, a mentor or a training captain or a, a, a more of that firefighter or whoever, um, let them, tell me the things that I need to work on and be like, okay, like accept it gladly rather than being like, oh, fuck that guy trying to tell me that I didn't do this right. I did exactly like they told me to do it. And I don't know what they're all pissed off about this, that, the other thing you, you have to want those things and you got to want them early so that you can use them sooner. The, the longer you take to, you know, battling against all of these things that can help you or at least even if someone's trying to help you maybe it's maybe it's not the best advice or whatever but like to look at it and be like okay is that gonna work for me you know what are they trying to say what are they what are they trying to give me out of this to be able to accept that that's going to be the hugest help um I, I remember one of the first calls one of the 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 first ugly trauma calls that i ever went on uh it was this lady that uh, she went into the water, 
her two kids were out in the ocean. They were struggling out in the waves. Um, she ran in to push them in. They were kind of in, in, a, in a little rip. Um, she went in to push them in. The kids were able to make it in with the waves. The lady got, the lady went under. Um, I was transitioning from lifeguard to brand new firefighter. So I was the water rescue guy um, uh, on the department. And so they, you know, they, we all got called out. We get in the water. I'm looking around for, I'm the, I'm the first one in the water trying to find her. So I'm going down where she is and I'm, you know, in and out of the water. I'm on my board and doing my stuff. Can't find her anywhere. We're out there through the night. Uh, they call it. We come in the next morning. We're doing uh, ocean searches. We have a helicopter out there. We have boats out there um, looking for, we can't find her. Um, the next morning we get a call of a body that washed up on the beach and it was probably uh maybe like four three or four miles north um and it was a lady that went down uh, she ended up in this uh, most of the currents where we where we come from the water currents go from north to south so it kind of pushes south she ended up going north which is really weird there's these little finger currents um just off because the ocean floor is a little a little trippy so you get some of these like weird finger currents and she got caught in one of those um as she was under and it pulled her north and she ended up on this beach uh, some people that were walking on the beach saw her they called it in we go down there and um there's a handful of us that are there we need to you know go bring the stokes down and extricate her off the off the beach and come up through the cliffs and blah 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 and uh my first captain uh he comes up he already went down and saw what was going on. It was a body recovery, so it wasn't like we had to like rush down there or anything. He comes up and he's like, "Okay, I'm just going to tell you guys right now, this is this is a gnarly one. So if you aren't really ready to see some kind of gruesome stuff, you don't have to come down on this one." And I'm looking at you know a couple of my other my other like new recruit guys, and we're looking and we're like, "Fuck that, we're going!" Like, are you kidding me? Like, I I need to I need to know that I can do this stuff. So again, like there's some competitive to that because who's going to back down on right. whatever this is you know um we go down there and the lady she's on the she's kind of half in the water half on the on the shore um you're looking at her you, you see her face she's got a, a long dark hair she's got a little scratch on her forehead nothing crazy um she has a, a wristwatch on her wrist um she didn't have her shoes on, so her shoes were off. But her wrists from about the middle of her forearms, um, her feet from about the middle of her shins, and from her neck up, everything was perfect. I mean, like, perfect. It didn't look messed up, didn't look anything. Everything between there, from the neck to the forearms to the wrist, was it looked like chicken bone. Like, there wasn't any skin. There, wasn't any, there weren't any organs. There weren't, it was just connective tissue and stuff on the like meat on the bones kind of a thing and like it didn't look real at all and i was like what the hell? and our job was to get her out of the water and help with the corner and put her in the bag and then you know get her in the stokes and get her up and uh uh i i, I had never seen anything like that I mean, it, it looked like it was a wax figure that someone put in the water, like a, walk, a wax, like horror movie picture that someone put in there. Um, you know, we had to pick her up by her wrist and pieces are still together somehow. And, and we're, we, you know, we put her in and 
it was such a weird, surreal thing um, that I, I honestly didn't even know how to even handle it. I'd never seen anything like that before. Right. You know, I, I mean, it, I, I mean, you see accidents on the road and stuff like that, but the, like here I am, I'm touching, I'm touching this weirdness now, like literally with my hands. And uh, uh, we got up. And we're all like tripping out. I mean, we didn't really talk a whole lot during the time because a lot, a lot of the new guys we were like, "Oh, what the hell?" And we get up to the top, and my captain was, you know, after we take care of everything we need to take care of, he's like, he's like, "Okay, let's have a little talk about what we just saw." And he's like, "You have to understand that when you go into a scene, you don't have any idea what you're going to come in contact with, so you have to be ready to see anything." And he's like, and I know you guys weren't expecting that one. And you know, we weren't. I was expecting to see a lady that was dead, a, a body, but right. not where everything was missing like that. And, you know, come 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 back from that. It just one of the little side takeaways was we we figured out like it was all the um the sea creatures and stuff after four days, gonna, whatever they, they gonna, picked out. I was gonna ask. I didn't want to sound yeah. stupid, but like was it like a shark or some type of fish that was just no, eating her? I, I think it was just, just sea lions and seals those... and crabs and, and everything. Like once, you know, when someone drowns, they go down first and they, they puff up with all the, the internal body uh, gases until they bloat and then they go back down. Well, I think what happened was that she at some point was bit by an animal. Uh, what kind of animal? I don't really know. I mean, I don't think it was. It could have been a shark. I mean, it could have been a seal, whatever. Whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. And opened her up. She went down and then all the, all the different sea animals were, were eating her. But what was crazy was we were trying to figure out why, why were her wrists okay and her forearms or her, her head okay and her, her ankles okay. She went in the water. She had on a, a, a longer sundress uh, when she was on the beach. Uh, that's what she was wearing uh, the day she was with her kids. And it was in February, so it wasn't super hot out, but she was did just enough to you know, put sunscreen on her face and on her arms and on her hands and on her legs, because that's the only thing that was really showing to the sun. Well, that was the sunscreen was the only parts that they didn't get want. eaten by the animals and they ate everything else in between. And so it was crazy, um, which was really, that was really, really weird. I was like, oh, okay. So shark repellent is sunscreen. Okay. Note to self, you know, <laughs> I don't even know if that really works, but, um, but the, the interesting thing was like, for me, that was what I got out of that was, okay, that wasn't about like, did I win because I didn't throw up seeing the super crazy visual. It was like, okay, I just got a massive learning because I have no, you, I had no idea what I was stepping into. And it was awesome that my captain was trying to give me a heads up like, hey, okay, this is going to be gruesome. So I'm like, okay, gruesome. What does that mean? An, an arm, a bone sticking out of an arm or something, you know, that's like that. Uh, and then his advice afterwards of like, you never know what you're going to step into. So, I mean, expect or be ready for the ugliest thing you could possibly think of. And I, and I think a lot of, you know, a lot of the, the stuff that I even do now, like there's a, there's an element of that expect or be ready to handle the absolute worst thing that's going to come out. And, and the only way you can do that is have like no expectations. Like, I really hope it's good. It's like, okay, I'm just going to kind of be blank a little bit and I'll be ready for whatever happens so that I can respond to it rather than, okay, it's going to look like this. And you get there and you're like, Oh my gosh, I had my whole 
plan set up and it was this and it was that and I have to completely change it now in a stress situation. It's just so much easier when you go into it being very uh, and not not that not that I'm coming in, you know, saying ohm and I got my eyes closed or anything like that, but way more zen, way more ready to react to anything rather than coming in hot. I'm going to beat, I'm going to win, I'm going to win. And I've had tons of fires the same way where you go in and it's like, okay, I get there. And I'm not looking to like grab my stuff and boom, I'm going. I'm like, I'm coming there and I'm like, all right, let's take a look. All right, here we go. Not sitting back and waiting, but like being ready for anything that's going to come at me. Being ready for, you know, a door to, to blow open. Being ready for someone to fall from a second story, being ready for, uh, uh, you know, a flashover or, um, you know, getting caught in, in some weird wires or, or whatever in, in, in being okay and being able to react and respond from that, you know, being, being ready. Um, I was, I thought that was cool. That's what I loved about that job. You still there? Did I lose you? Oh, you froze up on me. I think I talked your ear off or something. Yeah. Oh, mean, there I'm you just, are. Uh, being there aware. Are. I'm, I'm still here. Okay, cool. Okay, I heard. I know I got all the record. Everything you said, I, I heard the whole thing. <laughs> must have just been. That was just was, a little glitch. No big yeah, deal. I was gonna say being aware of being aware now. That's a good state of mindset to be in. Like you're being yeah. aware of being aware. And I think this podcast is gonna be, you know, the title of it should be and you know, entering the deepest dark of the cave, you know, and and really facing out, facing who you are. And um yeah, before we wrap up, I have a few questions to ask you, personal sure. questions to get the listeners to get to know you more. But yeah. uh I just wanted to thank you for your service and thank you for, you know, kind of being I had a lot of fun, you know, laughs cool. and being honest on the podcast, you know, being honest about your, your story and you didn't just come straight in and I'm a captain and I own a retired captain. I own a gym and, you know, I, I just lived, you know, it, I didn't struggle along the way, you know, and I think people really need to need to hear that, that you don't just, you know, retire as a captain and open up uh, a CrossFit gym. And Dude, life compete, is a struggle, compete at man. that huge CrossFit level with the regionals games and all the stuff that you've done. It's, it takes a lot of entering the cave, but then oh, all of it. not giving, not giving up knowing, yeah. you know, that you learn from each experience. So I want to, yeah. I want to thank you for that, Bill. Oh, um, my pleasure. My pleasure. Favorite, favorite movie. I don't know if you're going to say what we talked about already, or if you have one or two. Uh, favorite movie. Obviously. Well, the easiest ones, ones that are always in the top five for sure. Um, any of the first three Star Wars, not the prequel Star Wars, but the first three Star Wars, um, or the Rocky movies. I love, oh, God, I love yeah. those. Love those movies. Love them. You can't go wrong yeah. with that, man. It's, I know. You put that music on on the way to the gym, eating Star Wars, you're ready, man. Dude, like, okay, I'm. This is how this is how dorky I am with Rocky. When you get to the 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 fight scenes, like the the you know the actual like the the blocks and match scenes at the end the ending ones in as cheesy as it is it's i've done it so many times it's almost like a pavlovian dog thing where 
when it gets to the very end, like I tear up every single time. Not sometimes, not if I watch the entire movie. If I see that part, I it will trigger like a, an instant tearing all the time. It's like, you get him, Rocky. You get him. It's awesome. I love this stuff. I love it puts it. you there. It puts you like that. That's your, that's your that rock, passionate your Italian your you know? life. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> can't deny that one. I know. Cry during movie stuff. Totally. Um, favorite. Um, if you had a music, we were talking about music. If you had one song to play for a PR, or just any type of music, really that that you enjoy, what do you want? Oh man. You know what? Honestly, like that. The hardest thing about being older is like I have such a massive realm of like favorite music. I like I love like old Beach Boys. I love James Brown. I love uh, uh, Sly and the Family Stone. I love Radiohead. I love U2. I love Rage All Against the place. Machine. Yeah, I, love, I mean, it's like, yeah, the genre... Uh, Snoop Dogg. I mean, like it goes, it's all of that stuff. Um, I, uh, I'm going to have to take the flip side to this question and say that I don't have a favorite song, but I can listen to literally any music except for country music. I can't do it. I can't. I don't know how people work out to country music. I don't get it. Um, if you want to play old country music, I'm cool. If we're at the lake and we have a barbecue and we're drinking beer, we're on a boat, like cool, like that's awesome. Um, I don't like any of the new country at all. Like you can't be a country rock and roll rap star with bedazzled pants and a hat on backward. I, I don't get it. I can't do it, but I can listen to anything else, man. Seriously, anything else. So there's my flip side answer nope. to that question. <laughs> You know, make sure country's not on there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you have one meal to eat for the rest of your life, it could be unhealthy or healthy every single day. What's it going to be? Oh, man. Tacos. Chicken, steak, shrimp. Carne asada tacos. I mean, fish. No. And I got you thinking. Fish I thought, you froze, I thought we were too. frozen for a second, but it's just, just a, you're really thinking intrigued. Oh right man, no, I was so really thinking. thinking. <laughs> yeah. That's what it was. Uh, I mean, I would love, I would love to say. Uh, I mean, I would love to say, like you know, my mom's, you know, lasagna or manicotti or something like that too, which would be amazing. But I, you could go with that. Like, literally, yeah. But the thing is, I but I, if I got to pick one, I like, oh, dude, I just love tacos. And tacos. See, it goes with my Modelo, my Modelo beer too. Yeah, it's my surf trip right there. You know, set, I'm gonna say I'll life. say ta right now. I'm gonna say tacos. Bill at right, fifty one okay. right now. Tacos. Tacos. Yeah, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, one one person to meet, dead or alive, to hang out with of who you are now. Who would it be? Abe Lincoln. Ah, yeah. Good old Abe, man. The vampire, Abe Lincoln. the vampire slayer, the vampire, the vampire slayer killer. for sure. Yeah, that version yeah. of Abe. No, I just, uh, <laughs> I think he. I just don't. I I see him as not the usual. I mean, he's not the usual president. 
No. Uh, you know, uh, I, I like the fact that he's, I mean, he was a wrestler back in his day, you know. Um, he was he was around during some really gnarly times and always seemed to have a a good head on his shoulders when he was doing what he was doing, you know. Um, honest Abe, honest Abe, yeah. Yeah, I think he'd be he'd be a fun one to talk to. Chop wood with, put him in a wad, make a wad with chopping Heck wood. Yeah, absolutely. So sledgehammer stuff, yeah. Yeah. If you came to New York and I and I'm like, yo, Bill, what's up, man? I got this time machine for you. And you're like, all right, you're going through the time machine as Bill now. Any time in history, it could be 20 years ago, it could be 200 years ago, 500 years ago. Where are you going? As Bill now. Oh man. Um, I would love to. Oh, all right. You ever seen the movie Gangs of New York? Yeah, that we we got in the night. We just got, I think we recently got the nineteen twenties, man. Like our, our yeah, movie, yeah, I think that that would be in front of. Uh, what would you? You'd have the uh, a speakeasy there. Prohibition time, man. You'd be. Yeah, I th- I think that that would be a a cool time to be in, just to go check out. Um. I, I it's still rough house. It's still. Um, Work hard. A lot. Yeah, yeah. You gotta you got you gotta work. I mean, I just I think it would be I think that would be an interesting time to to see. I mean, yeah, just to see the creation of something like New York like that and, and you know, the influx of people coming into the country and um, how people are trying to figure out where they are and what they're doing and, and trying to make things happen. I think that would be really cool. The other time I think would be cool would be like, um, you know, all the Roman Coliseum days, you know, that would be sick too. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that, man. You know, a little bit of Gladiator, I think it'd be pretty badass. A sword and a chicken wing in one hand, ready to roll. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it would be awesome. Oh, yeah, man. It would be awesome. So, uh, Bill, I just want to thank you again, man, for coming on the show. Uh, everyone who's listening, my name is Frank. You know where to find me, at reps underscore four underscore responders. Bill, I want to thank you for your service, man. My and, pleasure, uh, dude. Where, uh, where can uh, people find you out on social media or website or anything? Um, yeah, so you can find me on, um, Instagram at just at Bill Grundler. Um, you can find me on my website at billgrundler.com or I, I have a lot of stuff for, um, master's training. I, I do, uh, what's called the legacy program. You can find that on Instagram as well. The underscore legacy underscore program, um, master's template for athletes, uh, all levels. It works for all levels. Um, I do, programming for boxes i do uh like i said fitness programs for firefighters um either individual or departmental um commentary stuff i do commentary for crossfit events and fitness events all i mean i've been all over the world doing that so they can find me on my website there uh also i i have a podcast with chase ingram we do uh it's called get with the program get with underscore the programming and we talk about programming for all crossfit competitions crossfit games crossfit regionals we've been looking at the sanctionals um we looked at uh you know the 500 pound 
back squat and the five minute mile oh, and, that, and yeah. that kind of stuff. So we have a lot of good time. We have a lot of fun with that one. So any of those, any of those avenues, um, hit me up, DM me if you have questions about either programming or questions about fire or whatever. And, uh, I'm usually pretty good and get back on the, uh, the, the, the uh, Instagram stuff. So check it out yeah my boy jay who comes like i said is our co-host he would have loved this one he's a big crossfitter i'm gonna have to send him uh send him all the, those links he just gave us uh, absolutely and thanks for what you're doing you know and just making other people better in the gym world and still giving back in the fire world and then first responder world so you know i i, I thank you again for that brother i appreciate i appreciate it man i really do and uh thanks for having me on and i love what you're doing it's awesome we need more of these out there because you don't hear about this this kind of protection stuff for for first responders we still have a tendency to think that we can do it all on our own even though we know about you know ptsd and blah 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 um we need to have outlets like this so i i appreciate what you're doing i really do thanks bill i appreciate that man you sure. uh you stay safe out there and uh, make okay. sure don't forget to walk the dog, all right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you stay safe too, brother. I appreciate it. All right, it. man. We'll be in touch. I'll talk to you soon. You have okay. a good day, all right? All right. Thank you. All righty. Bye-bye.